first reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 52, verse 13, to chapter 53, verse 6, and can be found on page 740 of the Church Bibles. The suffering and glory of the servant. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form marred beyond any human likeness. So will he sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like the root out of dry ground, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities and punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of all of us, of us all. Well, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to see families here with them. Um, children that we don't normally see that's a real bonus to see to see some of the children coming home for mothering sunday i've been um concentrating a little bit and finding out a few facts about our feet this week did you know that in each of our feet we have 26 bones we have 33 joints 107 ligaments 19 muscles and 250,000 sweat glands. Fascinating, isn't it? Now you can understand why people's feet are sometimes smelly. A quarter of all the bones in our human body are in our feet. So when those are out of alignment, you can see why we get um, sore feet and plantar fasciitis and all sorts of things that I'm afraid <clears throat> we suffer from sometimes. I did think that I would um, take my socks off. My socks wouldn't be nearly as colourful as Nigel's usually are, but uh, decided against it. And instead, we're just having a few things, all a uh, few pictures about feet to get you interested in this subject today but that's not the complete story and that's not what I'm really going to be talking about today and instead we're going to hear our second Bible reading which is from the New Testament and I think Alex is coming up 
to read that to us. Good morning. The uh, second reading this morning is taken from John chapter 13, that's verses 1 through to 20, and can be found on page 1081 of your church Bibles. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in this world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that's wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew, he was going to, who, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had fi finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I am telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks, Ali. Last week, Jit started us off on this series of Jesus on to the cross. And he was telling us, reminding us that Jesus had just a few days previously to this incident of washing the disciples' feet, he had said, the hour has come. 
Jesus now knew that it was time for him to enter his glory and to be lifted up, to be pierced for our transgressions. As we were reading about in Isaiah chapter 53, that famous passage explaining um, what was going to happen to, to Jesus. Wasn't that just wonderful singing? It, it brought tears to my eyes singing, Jesus, what a wonderful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Jesus loves each one of us. And he loved the disciples. He got down and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, John included this story in his gospel. None of the other gospel writers included this. And many of the stories that were written about were extraordinary stories. We read about Jesus bringing, giving sight to the blind. We read about Jesus healing the lepers. We read about Jesus feeding the five thousands with a small, minute, little amount of food. We read about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. So why is this ordinary story included here? The action of Jesus because Jesus did something that actually was extraordinary. I don't know if you noticed when we watched the, some of the photos of feet that one of them was a particularly dirty feet with a sandal, an open sandal, and that's probably the sort of shoes that were worn in Jesus' day when people walked around in places where it was so dusty and dirty. And when you came to somebody's house, the host of the home would often have his servant come, bend down and wash the guest's feet. Or if the host was, it was a poor household, then he would have, the host would have a, a basin and a towel so that you could wash your own feet. Never would the host get down and wash your feet. That just wasn't the done custom. Yet here, Jesus got down and washed the disciples' feet. And why did he do this? He told us it was an example in verse 15 of chapter 13 of John. He said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So we have to learn from this. This is something the disciples had to learn, and it's something that we, if we are followers of Jesus, we should be following his example of serving one another and loving one another. So the example of Jesus. Shortly after he had washed his disciples' feet, he says in verse 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. I was um, preaching at the nine o'clock service, and I started at this point to sing a tune. It didn't come out well at all, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, hum it now. In fact, I'm going to ask some of you to hum it instead. 
Um, you probably know that my husband, being a retired military man, you can imagine we watch lots of war films in our home. And one of them is The Bridge on the River Kwai. So question is, what's the tune from The Bridge on the River Kwai? I want to hear it. <laughs> can you sing it? <laughs> Brilliant. Sorry, I have no prizes for you, Alex. <laughs> Anyway, if you, haven't, if you haven't watched that film, it actually is pretty horrific when you watch and see what happened in reality, things that happened to the prisoners of war as they built the bridge over the River Kwai. But there's a wonderful book written by Ernest Gordon called Miracle on the River Kwai. And it's an extraordinary story about Ernest Gordon, who um, became ill whilst he was there in the prisoner of war camp. He was slowly dying, and he was just put away on the floor of the house of death, as it was known, with lots of other bodies as they just rotted away and died. Until one day, some of his friends came and took him away from that house of death, brought him elsewhere, <clears throat> and I'm just going to read from the book. Lying alone there in the silence, Gordon was approached by a man called Dusty Miller. Good evening, sir. I've heard you needed a hand, and I wondered if you'd care to let me help you. I studied him for a moment. Are you quite sure you want to help me? I asked the question not knowing what to expect. His offer had surprised me, for it was so different from the attitude we had come to accept as normal. Of course I want to help you, he replied, with such warmth that there was no doubting his sincerity. And he goes on to write about Dusty Miller and his two fellow Scots who volunteered to come each day and care for him, to dress the ulcer on his legs, to massage his useless muscles, to give him some extra rations and to look after him until finally, to his amazement, he started to put on a little bit of weight. The strong and simple faith of Dusty Miller was such an inspiration. And Ernest Gordon started to remember the faith that he had had in a loving God as a young man. And as Dusty Miller encouraged him, told him that God loved him, that faith began to revive within him. And so there was a miracle starting to work in that awful camp on the River Kwai. And unofficially, Gordon became the chaplain of the camp. And they built a little church. They used to meet together to pray and to take care of each other, to give, to give a decent, caring, loving funeral for those who died but looking after the needs of each other. And it transformed so many of the attitudes that were in that camp. It was such 
an example of following what Jesus did, loving and serving one another. And that's what Jesus asks us to do too. And remember that Jesus actually washed Judas's feet as well, even though he knew Judas was going to betray him. So we too, we love and care for each other here, but for those outside who are not in the family of God, we love and we should love and care for them as well. That little verse in Micah, chapter six, verse eight, he has shown you, O man, what is good, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Jesus is example of humility and servanthood. So what was the disciples' response? At first, I think the disciples were probably really confused. Here was their master getting down and being a servant. I think they were probably really embarrassed as well. We hear in the other Gospels how just a few days previously and even on the night of the the Passover meal, they had actually been arguing amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest? Who's going to sit at the right hand of Jesus? Lord, you know, pick me, pick me. Let me do these wonderful things and be, uh, be wonderful for you. They just hadn't got it. Sure, they hadn't. And so as they were arguing and saw Jesus coming down and washing feet, I think they were pretty ashamed. And when Jesus came, that hot head, that he- uh, when Jesus came to Peter, to that hot head who so often put his feet in first, excuse me, Peter said, oh, no, no, don't wash my feet, Lord. I'm not worthy for you to wash my feet. And then he changed and said, oh, no, wash my feet, when he realized Jesus said, you have to be washed by me. And I think when each of us come to follow Jesus and we realize that his blood on the cross washes us clean, But like today, we've already asked for forgiveness. We've needed our feet to be washed again. And as Joss knows, I probably need my feet to be washed countless times, day after day, me personally. And I'm sure it's the same for each one of us. We so often let him down. We have to come and ask for our feet to be washed. We've been washed, yes, but it's a constant daily activity of letting Jesus cleanse us afresh for him. And what's God's response? In verse 17 it says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I think when we follow Jesus' example and serve one another, we will be blessed. Isn't that brilliant? As well as following Jesus, because we love him, we're going to be blessed for it. Isn't that fantastic? I heard a story recently um, told by a chap called Mark who had been babysitting a little four-year-old boy. And Mark said this house that he was babysitting in was just fantastic. It was clean, 
It was big. It was well kept. And when Daddy came home, the little boy could hear his daddy come out of the car coming home. He ran into the kitchen. He got a chair that he scraped along the newly washed floor. He climbed up onto the chair, opened up the cupboard, got out a glass, got down to, and opened up the fridge, put the glass on the floor, got a, one of those big pints, four or six pints of milk, opened it up, because Daddy loved milk. He was getting the milk ready for Daddy. And he poured the milk into the glass on the floor, and as you can imagine, a little four-year-old boy with a big pint, a big um, tub of milk, milk going everywhere. And then he got this milk for Daddy, who was now in the house and in the living room, and he ran into the living room, ran towards Daddy, and proceeded to trip over one of the toys that was left on the floor, and the milk went everywhere. Was Daddy cross? No, Daddy was so pleased. He was so pleased because the attitude of that little boy was to, to, to please his dad. He was so pleased to see him. He lifted his, his, his little boy up and gave him a hug and said, thank you, thank you for doing that for me. And I think that's for each one of us, you know, my response probably when I want to serve God. Our response maybe sometimes is to think, oh, but I make, I make such a mess of things. I don't do it right. I don't do what God really wants me to do. I just want to remind you that it's the, the attitude that we do things in that really counts. There's a lovely prayer written by Thomas Merton in the last century, which says, O Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire to please you. Isn't that wonderful to have that desire to please God, our Heavenly Father, to follow Jesus' example, even though it can some be, sometimes be really difficult. I have no desire to wash your feet today, but I hope that each of us will be able to serve and love one another in lots of different ways. Today, this is Mothering Sunday. As Vida reminded me, it's a day that's traditionally when people would go back to their mother church where they were baptised. And since then, things have moved on and society takes it for Mummy's Day. But it's not, it's actually us here in church 
coming together to love and serve one another. And there have been so many people who have been serving us here in church. There have been a team of ladies yesterday making up lovely bunches of daffodils so that the church can serve and love you by giving every woman in the church a, a bunch of daffodils to come home, to take home today. There's been the welcome team who've come early. Who's, who was on the welcome team today? Thank you, Victoria. And I know there were more. And Wendy, and I think Paul was on too. Thank you. Coming early to church today to welcome everybody into church. You know, of course, you're all on the welcome team. You all are looking out for new people. You're all hopefully going to say hello to these people that you don't know and to take them up with you for a cup of coffee afterwards. And out there in the foyer, there's a little leaflet area and there's a welcome to St. Jude's leaflet. So please go, if you meet somebody know, you know that is new, go and give them one of those leaflets and make them feel welcome. There's been the band. The band came early and sometimes they practice during the week. They've given up their time so that they can lead us so wonderfully in worship. So many ways we can love and serve each other. Think of all the, all the adults who went out with all those children into the children's group who do that week by week. Thank you to each one of them. might think, how can I serve? So there, there are forms that are going to be in the, in the reception area. Please take one as you leave the service today. Maybe you serve in one way, but you think, oh, you know, it's time for a change. We all can do with the change sometimes. Maybe take this form, fill it in, and maybe next week put it into the collection box or something, or give it to one of the sides people as you come in, into church. But when we sing the next song, I just pray that you will be aware that Jesus is asking each one of us to follow his example. And it's going to be different for each one of us. Ask him to show you how he wants you to serve him, to show his love to other people. Jesus is the washer of feet. I'm sure a podiatrist is able to relate to that. Jesus is the bread of life. He came to save, not just the bakers. Jesus is the cornerstone. And it's not just the architects, Andy can relate to that, though you understand that much more better than I can, or the builders. Jesus is the good shepherd. He loves farmers. Jesus is the light of the world. Not, not just for the electricians. Jesus is the rock. Not just for those who are interested in geology. Jesus 
is the Savior and Redeemer of the world. Jesus was on his way to the cross. We read about that in our Old Testament reading. And within a few hours of washing the disciples' feet, he died for me and he died for you. So let us finish by just looking at our theme verse. And we pray, Lord, that we may stand firm. Let nothing move us. Always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen.